Welcome to MoneyWeb Now. Business news every morning. It's Tuesday, 13 December. Zida is listing today. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, we're going to chat with Adrian Savoy. I want to touch on rates, inflation, 2023. Has inflation peaked? Maybe that's a fair shot. Question, when do they get back to their levels that they need to be at in order to be that 2%? Uh, We're going to be chatting with Wayne McCurry. I'm going to ask him the bear market. So he's actually been fairly good at calling it so far. And Dr. Rulof Boter on the Afrimat Construction Index continues to improve off pandemic lows. But is government spending enough? This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from Business Day. Most citrus farmers may run at a loss after a tough season. They've been facing surging input and transport costs, squeezing profit margins. From CNBC, FTX founder San Bankman-Fried arrested in the Bahamas after U.S. files criminal charges. Morning markets, U.S. is green, S&P uh, up 1.4, Nasdaq up one and a quarter of a percent. Asia is green, Sydney up 0.2, Tokyo up a third. Commodities mostly red, gold 1,795, Brent is your green at 78.90, platinum 1,009, palladium 1,890. Rand 17.59, Bitcoin 17. 1150 10 cents up three quarters of a percent in Hong Kong and top 40 looking for a green open 350 points 0.5 percent money web now on the money also available on podcast Chatting now with uh, Dr. Adrian Savoy, he's Generia Capital. Adrian, appreciate the early morning as always. I mentioned there in the intro, I mean, is it fair to say that U.S. inflation probably has peaked, uh, although the hard part is going to get it back to that 2%? Well, the expectation um, from uh, forward pricing is that inflation will be back at 2% um, very soon. And when I say very soon, that's one-year expectations, that's the break-even. Mm-hmm. On inflation, uh, using the technical terms, the um, uh, it's not it's not likely to get back there you know, as soon as markets uh, suggest. It does uh, have all of the uh, evidence that it's coming uh, it's coming in cooler uh, than the previous month. And when they print uh, today, it's going to be earlier in the seven percent than it was in the high uh, in the high sevens. So it's cooling, but you know this is very elevated, and uh, not only is it going to come in ahead of um, what uh, consumers expect, uh, where households are, are pointing to a five percent number, so households are going to be surprised. The market, I think, is going to be kept uh, on hold, and in response, the Fed uh, will hike again tomorrow. The hacking tomorrow, I mean, the initial expectation was 75 points. Uh, Jerome Powell spoke last week and everyone decided it was going to be 50. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I have spoken a lot about the Fed, frankly, being behind the curve. I mean, is, is 50 enough or is that a case of it's kind of balancing it? Because the one thing they're looking at is unemployment and that remains resoundedly strong. That, that last point uh, that you make is particularly, uh, well, it's important and it's, uh, uh, it's surprising is just how strong uh, the economy has been in, uh, in the face of inflation and then the, uh, the interest rate hikes. Inflation 
in and of itself has the capacity to almost kill itself. You know, that as prices start rising, uh, appetites for spending, uh, whether it's consumer spending, mm-hmm. investment spending, uh, are, uh, are tempered. And uh, it, it, it can have, you know, in itself this it, a self-moderating mechanism. But um, uh, that hasn't been the case, given that uh, the, the, the platform for this inflation is so broad uh, and so deep. You know, yeah. of zero interest rates for so long, and then you had these big external uh, drivers, including supply chain and uh, energy costs. Um, it, it's also the case that interest rate, uh, monetary policy is you're driving with a very, very loose steering wheel, um, <laughs> and and the brakes when you hit them um, are slow in reaction. So monetary policy is a uh, is is a very blunt instrument with with long lag effects. You, I guess you want to be cautious yeah. rather than aggressive with monetary policy, and it does seem to be the case that uh, the market, you know, in 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 taming this uh, seventy five back to fifty and expectations, that seems to accord with the way inflation is taming at the moment. Okay, and I like that analogy. It's a loose steering wheel. I think I think that sums it up absolutely perfectly. We'll leave it there, Dr. Adrian Seville. Genuia Capital, appreciate the time this morning. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Trading now with uh, Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investment. Wayne, appreciate the early morning time. I want to kick off with a, maybe the brave question, but you, you've been fairly spot on over the course of the year in terms of the market, and here I'm looking at the, at the U.S. markets. Do you think that the worst is behind them and that we could actually perhaps sort of eke out a, a, a green 2023 in the U.S., even if only modestly so? Look, I, I think so, although the, the recovery in the market – has been a lot quicker than what I anticipated. I mean, mm. it's been very, very strong. And I think we could see a little bit of weakness from this level for, I don't know, a month or two. But I don't think we're going back to previous lows. And I think the worst is, in fact, behind us. And we should actually see, quite frankly, quite a, a reasonable uh, 2023 from the market because it'll be looking forward to the interest rates that are falling at the end of the year, beginning of 2024. Yeah, I get that sort of expectation as you point. I mean, markets are forward-looking. And, and commodities, we're seeing China sort of easing their, their zero COVID. Uh, Hong Kong has lifted a, a bunch of requirements as well. Obviously, the, the, the big driver of, of commodity prices has been China and lack of new investment. Can we expect commodities yes. to pick up next year? I think they will. In fact, I'm, I'm very positive on commodities for the next decade. I think we're going to get into a bit of a commodity bull cycle and an, and a emerging market beating developed market surprising enough over the next 10 years because we should see reasonable demand and there's no new supply coming on stream because no one spent money for 
seven, eight years. So I'm actually very positive longer term on, on commodities. Yeah, that, commodity that, lack, that, that lack of spending, and, and, and you know, that's because they, they still bear the scars of, of, of the last commodity yeah. cycle. The, the other thing, and, and we've talked about this before, some of these commodity companies, the balance sheets are probably healthier than they've ever been in the history of, of, of mining. Right. Because no giant deals at the top, uh, etc., and and incredibly well positioned for, I mean, uh, dividends galore. Yes, and and look, they're going to have to spend money, and the money's going to be be spent over the next five, ten years. But they've never been in as good a shape, cash flow, balance sheet, because they almost went bankrupt in 2015. In fact, mm. some of them probably did go bankrupt in 2015, and they preserved the cash and they're paying it out. But they've got to spend capex. I mean, they have to every single day when they operate, they deplete their reserves. They've got to spend the money, so that. The, this is probably the peak of their balance sheet strength and cash flow, and they're going to and they're going to spend, and that's and that's good for other sectors as well when they start spending. Yeah, but of course, all the allied industries. I mean, manufacturing locally and, and, and everyone else in that space. Uh, quickly, uh, switching point. Uh, Shoprite concluded the, the 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 acquisition of some of the MassMart assets. I mean, small, I suppose, in in Shoprite's life. But what was loss making for MassMart? My sense is Shoprite can really make this profitable. Yes, they can. They're probably going to rebrand it, and they, and they just get the distribution, and they just get the the physical store. I, I, I don't know whether they're going to keep the keep the brands or not, mm. but I think it's quite good for Shoprite over time. Yeah, uh, as 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 you know, Head and Shoulders, the the, the best food retailer in, in in fact, not I was going to say South Africa. I mean, fish out to say one of the best uh, retailers in the world. It could easily be the case. Yes, I yeah. do agree with that. Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investment. Appreciate the early morning. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Turning now with uh, Dr. Rulof Boto. He's uh, talking around the Afrimat Construction Index. This is for third quarter of 2022. Rulof, appreciate the early morning time. We, we had some GDP data, right, which showed quarter-on-quarter GDP at 1.6%. That was strong. But uh, construction came in at almost double that, 3.1%. Is, is that belying what you're seeing on the ground? In other words, that we are actually seeing a, a, an uptick and getting back to pre-pandemic levels? Yes, I'd like to believe that. Uh and I think what is very really significant, uh, Simon, is the fact that this occurred uh, against the backdrop of rising interest rates, um, mm-hmm. interest rates that should not have risen, uh, that should not have risen, because uh, I don't know whether you've seen the latest um, comments by Joseph Stiglitz on, on the uh, absurdity of monetary policy globally, and uh, more so in South Africa, because we also already have almost one of the highest real interest rates in the world. Um, we have no demand inflation. Uh, uh, manufacturing sector capacity is not remotely near where it was before the pandemic, but it's just this knee-jerk reaction. The U.S. raises rates, which they justify to do to some extent because mm-hmm. they've got virtually full employment. We do not have that. Uh, and then they just uh, follow suit for no particular reason. But And, and for the construction sector uh, and the AFRIMAT uh, construction index to have increased 7.2% quarter-on-quarter, uh, 
and 2.7% real on year in real terms is, is actually quite uh, phenomenal. But uh, there's a long road ahead because uh, I think every listener realizes that we have a huge, huge shortage of uh, decent accommodation, yeah. especially for the poorer segments of society. Yeah, housing massive shortfall there. Also, last time we chatted, which I imagine was probably three months back, we spoke around the the gross fixed capital formation. But what's the you know, where, where's the government spending? And 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 the data says quite simply, the government isn't. Yes, that's uh, that's the worrying sign. If it if it hadn't been for the private sector, uh, I'm afraid. Um, I, I think yourself and many of the listeners know me as one of the most optimistic economists mm-hmm. in the country. But really, quite frankly, the government is just not pulling its weight because uh, the, the, the uh, in capital formation GDP ratio for public sector uh, CAPEX is just going to new record lows, unfortunately. And uh, we have uh, the Minister of Finance telling us in October that he expects in Feb uh, next year an 80 billion rand revenue overrun. Why do they not use that money to fix the roads? In Gauteng and Limpopo and Free State and everywhere except in the Western Cape, because Western Cape apparently they've mastered the technique of <laughs> of fixing potholes. <laughs> and, and it is. I mean, it, it you know that, that infrastructure it, it it works at two ends. I mean, on the one end, and, and you've mentioned before, the, the 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 construction building a road is is localized. It's local labour. It's going to be mostly local uh, suppliers and the like. So you get the huge benefit then. And then of course you've got a good road or a school or a, whatever it might be, and that of course massively benefits society. Government has for. I mean, I'm going back to budgets that Trevor Manuel gave in the early 2000s, spoken about the infrastructure, but it just isn't. Yes, I'm afraid when it comes to uh, capital expenditure and infrastructure maintenance, or uh, even only the maintenance aspect of that, it's it's all talk. It's it's all talk. And one of the main reasons for that, and I think we all realize that, mm-hmm. uh, you just need to glance through some of the Auditor General reports on what's happening in the municipalities. I mean, it is absolutely pathetic where they utilize the whole budget uh, for for you know uh, appointing new staff members uh, probably uh, distant relatives of <laughs> the managers working there and then there's no money left for the actual work uh, and and very little gets done about this uh, I'm, I've, I've been pinning my hopes on President Ramaphosa's second term of office which will find more about uh, you know the chances which are quite good after during this afternoon's parliamentary session, mm-hmm. uh, that that he will get cracking and, and and crack that whip and and get rid of some of the, um, you know, the dead wood that he inherited from the Zupta era, where where the rot really uh, crept in. Uh, but it's just pathetic that uh, they they just don't seem to understand that when it comes to uh, the, the the whole issue of infrastructure, you need to appoint and pull in people with project management and engineering capabilities. Uh, and, and assist in, in transferring those skills. But just appointing people through nepotism, cadre uh, deployment into senior positions at the municipalities and, and in provinces and expecting them to, to fix these things when they don't remotely have the skills, uh, we, we're not getting anywhere. And, and the roads are really a big problem. The Romans had an expression, via vita, the road is life. Yeah. 
And if that's true, then we're in serious trouble in South Africa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, last question. Retail trade sales hardware, which, as I understand, is sort of me, you and the listeners going to our local marker on the weekend. Uh, that, that quarter on quarter was up at some 6%. The year on year numbers down, because, of course, last year we were all in lockdown and replacing everything. Is that the, the, the sort of us spending and suggesting that, that the consumers out there a bit again and, 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 and actually sort of visiting their local hardware store? Absolutely. And if you look at what happened to the wholesale construction material mm. trade, uh, 13.3% uh, quarter on quarter up in, in real terms. Uh, this is magnificent stuff. It's gone to an all-time record high and that feeds into the retail sector. So I think the fourth quarter is going to look really good, um, even better than, than the third quarter where the Afrimat index uh, su- surprised on the upside. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it there, Dr. Rulof Boerter. Talking the Afrimat Construction Index, Rulof, appreciate, as always, the early morning. That's it for today. A poll on our LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, chatting with Adrian there about U.S. inflation. Uh, do you think it's going to get back to the 2% target in, in, in 2023? It's a long road to go. Uh, in some senses, the easy part is done. We'll get data out later today to give an indication around that. But you can have your vote. You can have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. And yesterday when I was chatting, we were talking uh, around uh, the, the coal producers. But this time we were chatting around Exara, the sort of unloved cousin in the coal space after Stungela really took all the excitement for 2022. We asked you your preferred coal miner. Just over 40% were saying, yep, you like Stungela. Exara got about a fifth of the vote for you with, with the rest evenly split between a bit of both or neither. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning on the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobokhle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Listen to the live stream of MoneyWeb Now the same time every weekday. For more business, finance, and investment news, MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast.